by the Toronto Vegetarian Association, aka the TVA. We come to you virtually from our homes and we are heard on CJRU 1280AM campus community radio. My name is Swetha and I'm a vegan and a volunteer with the TVA and our mission is to inspire people to choose a healthier, greener and more compassionate lifestyle through plant-based eating. And I'm joined today by my co-hosts Steve and Marnie. Hey Steve, how are you? I'm well today. How are you? And how are you Marnie? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day here in Toronto. I have no complaints. Okay. I, I had a little complaint earlier today. There's very few places you can lock up your bike because they're all taken. Has that yeah. changed? Oh, because they're all taken. Yeah, yeah wintertime is much better for that. Mm, okay. So yeah. uh, that's part of why I, uh, I, I don't mind the winter as a cycle. <laughs> right. You are hearty. You know, everyone talks about the downsides of biking in the winter, but no one talks about the upsides. Like, I get the whole lane to myself. It works out perfectly. You guys are winter warriors. I, I give you big props. Okay, so I have a question to ask about um, mock meats because they're they're really they're really going wild with these things. You know, you got the Beyond Meats and the Impossible Burgers, but it, there seems to be so many um, variations on those, and it just feels like. Every time I go to the grocery store, there's a new one and I cannot keep up. So when I say mock meats, I'm talking about like your, the things that I think we acknowledge are mock meats, like your, uh, your beyonds and your impossible burgers and things like that. But the, for this question that I'm going to ask you, I'm going to include everything. Cause I know, I know Steve is not a huge fan of the fake meats. So I'm going to include things, anything that you would use to replace meat in a recipe. So that could include beans, but I'm just hoping that neither one of you will say beans because I'm sorry, that's a, bit, <laughs> that's, that's a little bit loser. Okay, so you could say beans, but you could say tofu, you could say tempeh, you could say anything. So, mm -hmm. Steve, let's start with you. What's your favorite meat alternative? Well, uh, you, you just mentioned tempeh, and I'm partial to tempeh. That, 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 that's a good start. Uh, but also amongst the commercial products, uh, I like the ones where you can see the vegetables that are ingredients and so on. Uh, Hillary's burgers, for example, are good that way. And so are, so are Saul. Uh, they, don't, uh, they don't gloss it over and try to make it look like meat. They, uh, the burger, you can, you can see there's a compression of beans and grains. And uh, the flavors are good in both, both of those cases. That, that's also important. Like without that, it doesn't count. Where the, pl the flavors are more nondescript with some of the ones that try harder to look like meat. It's funny that you you um, described it that way, Sueda, because the type of uh, meat substitutes that um, Steve is talking about, I don't think I would have thought as mock meats. I think meat oh. alternatives and meat substitutes um, would be the terms that I would use for that. And mock meats, mock uh, being the operative word, I, it, I would have thought more as something that's really trying to, to pretend to be meat. But um, yeah, why not? widen the definition. Sorry, I don't normally think of tempeh as a mock meat. I, I included it just because the name came up. But the other ones are 
sold as burgers. So that, uh, I thought that that made them count. A lot comes down to the shape, doesn't it? If they make it into the yeah. shape of a burger and it goes on a bun, then it, yeah. it's more yeah. of a mustard. Yeah. So, so that's why I was, that's why I was including it. But yeah. I think the problem was me not using the terms correctly. Like I just use mock meat everywhere, but yeah, I guess it should have been meat alternative or substitute or something like that. Um, so Marnie, what's your, your, what's your favorite? My absolute favorite. Um, and I don't have stock in farm boy. I'm not sure if they're even a public <laughs> company, but my absolute favorite is farm boys, um, beefless tenders. So have you ever had these? I haven't. I haven't. I keep hearing about Farm Boy and you should go to Farm Boy and then I just don't go. So they come in a little box, almost looks like Chinese takeout. Um, and they're the size and shape of like a piece of beef that you would find in a stir fry. And they taste like beef if you like that. Um, but the great thing about them is they're really adaptable. They take on any sauce. I use them uh, in Asian stir fries. I use them in Asian soups. I use them uh, as souvlaki, um, as fajitas. They're great in, in almost any dish that you would use beef, even without any sauce. Sometimes I, I get ahead of myself and I, <laughs> I'll take one that I haven't even cooked yet. Um, they're pretty much pre-cooked, but you do fry them and they get a little crispy. I think that they're relatively healthy, but Sueda, I know you know a lot more about that than I do. I know there are going to be a few ingredients if I read you the ingredient list that you might balk at, but can I do that? Can I get your opinion on can I read you the ingredients and get your opinion? Um, for sure. I mean, I'm not a nutritionist, but I, I, I don't know why when I think of them, because I feel like I've heard someone else talk about them. I think of like the Gardein ones. They're the same size, but the texture is totally different. The texture, and this may turn some vegans off, but the texture, it's kind of stringy like beef is. So yeah, I like I like Gardein. I like certain Gardeins, the orange chicken particular, but it doesn't compare to this. And there is also a chickenless tender, which is also quite good with farm boy if you prefer chicken, but it has a bit of a sweet flavor that sometimes turns me off a little bit. So I prefer the beefless. Okay, here goes the ingredients. Isolated soy protein, mushroom stem, gluten, vegetable oil, and then in brackets, it says palm oil, uh, sugar, <laughs> sweetener, in, in brackets, it says glycerol, Acasulfame, potassium. I know if I can't pronounce it, it's not great. Food flavoring, artificial chicken flavor. Salt, vegetarian seasoning, umami. Flavor enhancer. A few more things I can't pronounce. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm convincing myself it might not be that healthy. And a, a gelling agent, which is seaweed. Is that awful? Is the flavoring enhancer MSG by chance? It doesn't. No, it's a flavor enhancer. It says glycine, disodium five, ribonucleotides. Yikes! Oh, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, I think the hmm, the only whole food that I heard in there was mushroom stem. <laughs> I, yep. I always get confused about whole foods. Like, I, I mean, the stem of a mushroom—that is the whole thing. You didn't extract anything out of there, but you didn't eat the top of it. So, is that a whole food? I have no idea. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, so so that I mean that's the only 
um, whole food that I heard on there and then the rest of the stuff was just like proteins from different sources yeah. I suppose it's, it's not the worst thing you can eat but I mean when we're talking about meat analogs I think the most of the time we're not talking about healthy stuff unless you're Steve unless you're sticking to your <laughs> burgers that still have vegetables and they look like vegetables I think for the most part when we're talking about meat analogs we're we're not talking about healthy stuff it's healthier than meat but I mean that's not really much of a a point to make right like most things are healthier than meat so that's um that. yeah it's tough to know how much like I mean the first three ingredients are not so bad isolated soy protein mushroom stem gluten and after that you don't know how small but I guess it doesn't really matter if it's something that's not great for you it's not great for you anyway well, I'm not giving them up <laughs> so so can I can I tell you about mine yes because it has one ingredient one ingredient i look at marnie's face she's like what you're making this stuff up it has one ingredient and i don't i i, I it, it's funny this whole this question of whole food came up because um i don't know again what counts as a whole food like it sounds like a simple idea but then it, it can get complicated um and this this particular i'm just gonna leave you um guessing for a moment while i just talk so this particular one, I feel like it's really overlooked, but like it came out a few years ago and then it came to Canada and I was so excited. And now it's like in the tiny, like it's like pushed in the back of the grocery aisle and you can't even get it unless you go to like Kensington Market. You can't go to like a Loblaws or a Sobeys or something like that and get it. And it is da -da -da, soy curls. Oh. What does that even look like? So soy curls, I should I should go get a pack because I have them sitting <laughs> in uh, in my pantry because that's where they go. So that's okay. So let me talk about the benefits. One ingredient, people, soybeans. That's it, and it's the whole soybean. Now I don't know exactly what they do and if things are lost in the process because it's not like tempeh. It's not like you can actually see the soybeans in there. And what what it is like sometimes it gets not confused, but people are like, oh, isn't that just kind of TVP? And it's not because TVP is defatted soy flour and the way that they take the fat of the soy flour they, they use some um they usually use some uh chemicals that are not all that great uh bob's red mill does not but regular tvp does whereas this again soy curls is the whole soybean and it just looks like strips of um meat i guess like it's supposed to resemble like a chicken i think i don't i don't really know but it's it's just strips and it's dry you store it in your pantry and then to um, use it, you can soak it in water um, or you can put it in a broth. So if I'm making Indian food, a lot of times Indian food will start with, like if it's like a heavier uh, dish, it'll start with a base of like coconut milk or whatever, a creamer type thing you're using. And then you'll put your uh, garlic and ginger into it and your chilies. And so I'll just dump it into that and add a little bit of water so that it absorbs nicely. And then I'll cook it and add the rest of the seasoning. So I'll use it in that. Um, I've been doing this thing where I put it in my sandwiches. And for that, it's a really, really simple marinade. It's just lots of water, a little bit of soy sauce and some garlic powder and some cayenne pepper. And then I just very slowly cook it on a pan and I don't have a nonstick pan, but if I cook it on like three or four, it doesn't stick. It's like a miracle. Everything sticks and this thing does not stick. Um, I like to put it in soups. It, it just goes in absolutely everything. And I think it counts as healthy. This so is are, you, are you saying that it it's hard, it's crispy and you have to put it in water in order to eat it? Like you could you eat it just out of the package or... It's about as crispy as a dried noodle, if I remember right, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like that. It's it's the idea of TVP. It's like that, but it tastes yeah. better because TVP does not taste good on its own. Soy curls because they still have the fat in them. They are um, like good on their own with a little bit of salt. That's not my recommended way of eating it, but you could. <laughs> I could see someone enjoying it like that. Um, it, I I know one time, you know, speaking of eating it dry, it is not meant to be eaten dry. But I was just curious. So I just took it out, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> I could yeah. put some salt on this and eat it. It would be, you know, expensive chips, but hey, this would this is this would work as I feel like a chip. And uh, so yeah, so I like it that you can store it in your pantry. You don't need to take up a fridge or freezer space with it. And it's um, usually, you know, when you buy it, it, has a couple months of shelf life. You were on the camping ep- episode with the, with Marty and me, were you? No, that was uh, Barbie. That, that was a, that would have been a perfect time to bring this one up. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah. I think I have bought those but in a soy chunk format. They weren't curls. I'm literally saying they're curls? They're not curls. They're like strips. This is the only format that they come in. Oh. And so if they're anything else, then what you bought was, was TV. Because it was pretty similar. It was soy chunks. And I think I probably got through a third of the package and they sat in the back of my sure. cupboard and then got thrown out. Um, yeah. That sounds like TVP. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. Now, do these have any flavor on their own? You said they're just soybeans, so they're not salted. They're no flavor, right? No. It just takes on whatever flavor what you're cooking and adds protein. Yeah, but I but I feel like with TVP, it's hard to get them flavored nicely. Um, and then also with TVP, I don't I don't know how you use it, but I I used mm-hmm. to just soak it and use it. But then someone's like, no, 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 you soak it, you squeeze it, you drain it, you soak it, just to get that gross taste out of it and you don't have to do that with soy curls because the default kind of natural taste that they have is a good taste it's not enough of a taste and you'll want to season it more but they have a good like foundation for us to build off of and so they're healthy they're not fancy and they're not going to knock anyone's socks off (laughs) but they're just so simple and they're I would consider them cheap because you get um half a pound but once you soak it it increases in volume, like it doubles in volume and in weight. I don't know how much it increases. And it's like five bucks in Kensington market, maybe $6 if you buy it elsewhere. That's like a really good deal. And again, you don't have to stick it in your fridge. I feel like no one has fridge space or maybe everyone that I'm talking to does have fridge space. Oh, that's why for camping, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I very strongly recommend Sword Girls. And I know all these fancy things are coming out and we're all drawn to these fancy things. But really, I just like the simplicity of this product. And because uh, I don't know about you, but a lot of times it's not necessarily the taste, but it's the chewiness that I want. And this this has like, like you know, it has a it has a really nice chewiness and you can make jerky out of it as well. I know um, when I took like a long trip, it wasn't a camping trip, but it was a trip where I was on a train for a few days and I was a little bit concerned. Like, what if they don't have stuff? So my partner and I just bought boatloads of food. And one of the things that we did was we made um, soy curls and we made jerky out of them. And uh, they were very good. So very, very versatile people. But I mean, speaking of, you know, all the other fancy meats that are going to come out. Marnie, did you have some comments that you wanted to make? Yeah, well, I'm curious what your thoughts are on cell cultured meat, not in a political sense or whether it's a good thing to do or not, or is it meat is nothing like that. Just as longtime vegans, as I know both of you are. Do you have any desire to try it when it, if and when it becomes popular and easily available? Are you going to go there? Go ahead, Twitter. I, I think I might try it out of 
curiosity. If um, and I think with this thing we're assuming. See, I don't know. I every every version that I've heard of, the cells have to start with a with a live animal, and so I feel like I might feel a little bit guilty trying it in the first couple of years, and then afterwards I'm like, oh well, at this point, the I don't know. They've made their profit off of that animal, and that animal's not involved anymore. I don't know. I feel like I have a little bit of a of um. There's some friction there. Is what I'm is what I'm trying to say. Fair enough, but if I snap my fingers and remove the guilt from it, okay. like say okay. that they came up with some way that it didn't come from yeah. a live animal, just the taste, the texture, yeah. um, are you missing me? I know you, you didn't eat much meat as a child, but do you miss it? Is it something that you even feel like you want to replace? I, for meat, I might try it out of curiosity, but I don't see myself eating it as a regular thing. Um, because I'm not convinced that these things will ever actually be healthy. So I don't, I don't think they'll be a part of my day to day, even if they do the modifications that they plan on doing. But the yeah. thing that I am so very excited about is two things. One, uh, cat food. And two, uh, it's uh-huh. the dairy. It's the dairy, which is already kind of out there because Perfect Day already has like ice cream and oh, they came out with something recently. Oh, they came out with the chocolate. They came out with the chocolate, but you have to be in the States to get this stuff. So, so that's kind of sort of already happening, but I'm very excited about paneer, which is like an Indian cheese. Yeah. I didn't know about that. So that's cell culture dairy and it's already in the market in some places. Dairy, they don't seem to do it from cell culture. They seem to do it like from yeast or flora or something like that. Like it's a different kind of a process and it's a much simpler process. And so that's why it seems to be so much ahead. And you can't get it anywhere in Canada yet? No, no. Okay, so what do you think, Steve? What are you, are you going to try it? Are you picking it? I'm not, I don't, I don't have the curiosity even. Uh, it's, it's been that long. I, I just rather forget that that was ever part of my life. And, and, and not, not at all curious about it. I, have no, I don't have a strong ethical problem with other people doing it, like, uh, and so on. But uh, I'm just not interested, interested myself. I, I think you guessed that part. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. I have a feeling that the longer you've gone without, the less you crave it. I I kind of feel like that myself in that, you know, I've been vegetarian for about 20 some odd years, vegan for six or seven. And when I became vegetarian, it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, when you when you're diagnosed with something like uh, colitis or cancer or something. And and you're, you do all this research and you're like, oh, there's something just around the corner. And even back then, um, there, this cell-cultured meat was, was just around the corner. Even 20 years ago, you started to hear about it. And you're like, oh, wouldn't that be great? Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, uh, a new medication for colitis. If you get colitis and you're like, oh, but just wait a few years and there'll be something great. And um, it's taken this long. Uh, and back then I was like, yeah, bring it on. Definitely. Uh, a uh, kinder way to still be able to eat meat. I would have been very excited for it. And now that I've gone so long without, I wouldn't go quite so far as to say that the thought of it turns me off. But now that I'm saying it out loud, the thought of it, it doesn't appeal. And I think the first few bites, and I think maybe this is what you were getting at, Sweda, the first few bites would be awkward. Um, it would feel like you were doing something wrong, maybe. And um, I, yeah, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't have that appeal to me that it did uh, 15, 20 years ago. I remember the first time that I went to um, the TBH Veg Fest 
and I had like those Asian mock meats and I was with my brother and I hadn't eaten meat at that point in, I don't know, a couple decades. And I was just like, this is, this is so weird. This is not real, right? Like, this is so weird. This is and you're talking about Satan, are you? It wasn't Satan. It was like the Asian mock meats that are made out of uh, soy and mushroom and gluten and some combination of magical products. <laughs> I don't know what it oh, is. Okay. But it's, okay. um, but it was, it was just, it was just so strange because I think before that I had had like an Ives hot dog, but that was, that was back in oh. like the early 2000s. And at that point, those t- things tasted um, like, I don't know, like some sort of flavored eraser or something. It, they, they were not good. Now they're fine, but back then they were not great. So it was the first time that I'd had anything that had resembled meat in so long. And it just, it was a little bit weird, yeah. but I wonder though, you know, Marnie, like you and I will go out for our curiosity tastes and then our friends will want to go for curiosity tastes. And then we're going to be with our friends again and they're going to be eating it and we're going to be eating it. So this thing, you know, you've, you've almost described it like we've gotten out of that habit, but what if we end up rebuilding that habit? Then what happens? That'll be fine. I'm not um, against it in any way. But the funny thing is so many of the meat substitutes like Beyond and Impossible have gotten so close that I'm not sure there will be a difference um, that maybe the texture, if it's more like a steak rather than a ground beef. Um, but I'm already at the point where the first few times I had um, a Beyond sausage, I thought it was great. And then the next few times it was like, this texture is kind of weird to me. It almost t- it was like gristle. And I'm like, I, it was not as appealing. So we've gotten to the point where the the mock stuff is all, I think, going to be as accurate or almost as accurate as the cell-based or more, because I don't think the cell-based is going to be perfect off the bat. Um, so what's the difference? You know, I, I wonder if vegetarian restaurants will exist anymore. So let's say like cell-cultured meat comes out tomorrow. And like 20 years after that, because there aren't too many of us vegans, right? Like it's a very small number. And um, most of those vegans are going to want to eat that cell cultured meat. So I wonder if vegetarian restaurants will exist. Well, some are using the Impossible Burger already as, as, as a burger choice. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, like, uh, so that's, that's I, not far from it. That's not far from it. Yeah. So I, I think it'll happen for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, and and probably. Possibly for that reason, I'll wind up eating some of it at some point. But I'm not curious, like I'm going to go out of my way to taste it. Also, I'd say vegetarian restaurants aren't all about replacing meat, right? They're, the best ones are creative with recipes that yes. have nothing to do with a big piece of something brown in the middle of the plate. So yeah. I'm not so worried about vegetarian restaurants. Hopefully they will multiply. But do you think that'll change? You know, like right now, everything is yeah. being done or a lot of these things are being done around like ethical considerations or environmental considerations or religious considerations. But cell cultured meat will get rid of a lot of those types of things. And so do you imagine that one day, you know, we'll go back to eating salads if we don't want to eat the mock meats because that, that's what the restaurants will have, you know? I don't think so. We have three uh, vegans here who are all saying they're not that excited to try the cell culture. I'm glad it's, I'm glad they're doing the research. I'm glad they're developing it because it will, for some people, it's more likely that it's yeah. going to turn people who are currently eating meat and who think that they can't ever yeah. cut meat. Um, those are the people that will start eating it. But we've got three vegans here who are saying, eh, I'd, I'd rather stick to what I'm already eating or, 
you know, rice yeah. and beans. Um, so I'm not worried about that. I am curious about one thing that while we're talking about it, uh, presumably with the cultured meat, you need a starter and you're going to use the one you've made as a starter for the next batch and so on. But is it going to be like yogurt where after a while it gets tired and you need a fresh starter and are you going to have to keep introducing that? Because with, with, with yogurt, you have to. Uh, and uh, at a certain point, it gets tired and doesn't do a good job as yogurt. Yeah. From everything okay. I've read for each batch, they seem to need these, these new cells. So it's like a constant oh. problem needing these new cells. It's okay. So it's, it's not quite as innocent as it sounds. Then. But it could be, you know, like I, I don't. It could become that, but, uh, but it, that's not predictable at this point if it hasn't happened yet to yogurt. You know, yogurt is in, in that sense similar. I wonder, because yeah. for yogurt, I feel like that would be more the uh, dairy flora thing that I was talking about would be a, um, a more precise comparison, a more accurate comparison with that. So I wonder if that takes anything from milk continuously, you know, like the, the perfect day folks, like if they just created it once, I actually don't even know if they ever needed to take anything or if they were just able to figure out like, okay, these are the things that make up milk and we're just going to recreate these. I'm not sure that they ever needed to start with milk because the bacteria does the creating. Whereas I think with the other one, the cells okay. multiply. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of things we need to learn about these things before we can answer some of these questions. Okay. And we haven't even started talking about 3D printing. <laughs> that is a thing. And it looks so strange. It looks like, uh, I don't know, you're eating some sort of like Legos or something because it's so, it looks so precise from everything that I've seen because it prints it. What, what, is, what is the, uh, the product? Like the 3D printers? I know what a 3D printer is, but I don't know how, what that has to do with food. So you use a 3D printer to print meat and you have like the red stuff, which is the meat. And then you have the white stuff, which is like the fat. This is the version that I've seen. And then it's kind of, you know, zigzags back and forth like a 3D printer does. And it prints out meat for you. We'll put a link to the video in the show notes. Wow. Are you sure you're not talking about Star Trek, the next generation? Yeah. <laughs> I am not, but it sounds like yeah. that kind of stuff, right? But it's, I, I don't know what distinguishes that from like the other kinds of mock meats. Like, I don't know why 3D printed meat is better or different, or if it's just an experiment. I, I have no idea. Or if it's like, a, here, we'll give you a little pouch of stuff and you can get a 3D printer and you can make fresh meat at home. So I don't know what the difference is there between um, your your Beyond Meats and Impossible Burgers and 3D meat, but it is um, a different thing. Sweet, I'm curious, going back to the mock meats, I feel like your um, choice wasn't really a mock meat at all. Um, and that's fine because you can define it however you want. But I'm curious, because I know you are really healthy, um, if you had to choose one more traditional mock meat, is there something that you like? I really like the Asian ones. I don't understand why the Asian ones aren't a bigger deal. You know, like you go to uh, King's Cafe and they have, like, I, I don't eat at the restaurant. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just go straight back to the grocery store. And I just pick stuff out from there. Okay. Got it. Yeah. yeah. They, have, they have this thing called double happiness. And I think yeah. the name says it all. And it's just, it's good. And you put it into whatever you're making food with. I, my mock meat always seems to end up in, in Indian food. 
but you can use it <laughs> however. So when I indulge, that's usually the stuff that I like. I'm not a big um, beef person. So for the few years that I did eat meat, um, I don't know, I didn't like beef. And I, I like to say that it's because I'm Indian and I have some sort of spiritual connection with cows. That's, that's just made of nonsense on my part, <laughs> but uh, I don't know what it is, but there, and that now I'm just happy because when I go to farm sanctuaries and I look at cows and like, I mostly did not eat you. I cannot say the same to the chickens that I encountered. Oh, pigs. Yeah. And Steve, I know you like your, your meat alternatives to have visible peas and vegetables in them. Makes me feel more comfortable. Yeah. I don't blame you. Have you ever bitten into a impossible burger or beyond burger or sausage yeah. and thought, okay, so what did you think? I, yeah, I had enough, <laughs> I had enough mustard and onion on there to contribute flavor. Bingo. So I, I wasn't really examining the flavor of the, of the impossible burger. It wasn't so meat like that. It made you uncomfortable though. Cause that happened. No, it didn't in that case. Yeah. And I do get uncomfortable very easily if I, if I sent something that I think was fried in, on a grill where, where meat was cooked. It, it spoils my meal. I can't digest it properly if I, if I sense that taste. I don't know how much of that's psychological, how much is physical at this point. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but it does, that, that happens to me if I eat something that's been, yeah. and that, that's part of why I don't like omnivore restaurants is that they often will do that. I do like it when they go out of their way. Like I remember I went to um, A&W, this was before uh, the Beyond Burger was available for you to just buy as a patty. Uh, and um, so, so I just went in with my partner and we both were like, you know, let's just get the patty. Let's just ask them for the patty. We'll pay for the burger, fine. But let's just get the patty because I don't know what the bun ingredients were. I think that was one concern. The other thing was this whole like contamination. And uh, and regardless, I didn't want to eat their bun. I, I like my better breads. And so they're like, you just want the patty? And I'm like, yeah, like we'll cook it for you. No, 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 frozen. And they were very confused. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they, they gave it to me, but they they were also very insistent. Like, listen, we'll clean it for you. We'll clean it for you. We'll clean it. We'll clean it. We'll clean it. And we could see the grill. Like it was a pretty clear, clean shot going to the, to the back. Um, so we could have seen them doing it. And I thought that was very nice of them. We did not take them up on the offer and <laughs> we walked out of there with two frozen patties. Well, that makes me think of that Tim Hortons, Tim Hortons had a, a, a good um, plant-based breakfast sandwich uh, a couple of years ago and it didn't sell well, I guess, because they removed it from the menu and I was uh, crushed because uh, we often go when we're on a road trip or something, stop in in the morning and, and get some breakfast and it was wonderful to have that option, went away. And now something similar has just come back at Tim Hortons but I don't know if you guys have seen this, it's their plant-based breakfast sandwich, um, but it comes, they call it plant-based, uh, but it comes with cheese and egg. And there's no alternative, uh, there's no diet cheese oh. that you can get or fig cheese that you can get. Uh, and before when they had it, you could get it with cheese and egg or you could get one just with tomato and lettuce. And now I looked up on their website and I saw one reference to, you can ask for it without the cheese and egg and with just tomato and lettuce instead. But then when I looked online, I was thinking of ordering a head that wasn't there. And I just said, forget it. I'm not going to drive through and get some kid who doesn't know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about and I have to feel like 
like you sometimes feel when you're asking for all these substitutions and confusing, uh, confusing them. So uh, have you guys seen that, that they're, they're pushing this plant-based sandwich that has cheese and egg? And you know what? That's fine if you want to just call it a plant, plant-based patty with, with egg and cheese, but they don't. They're marketing, marketing yeah. it as a plant-based sandwich. Isn't that fraud? Yeah, maybe it is a form of fraud, but what I'm more concerned about people not really looking closely and seeing plant-based sandwich, breakfast sandwich, um, especially if you're going through the drive-thru and not really thinking about it, looking at the picture very uh, intently and um, taking a big bite before you realize what you've ordered and, and what you're eating. I had a, a similar experience at Farm Boy, actually. The other day I went and they had a big sign on their bakery, uh, one of the counters, saying um, plant-based croissants. And I'm like, wow, plant-based croissant, that looks, I, I didn't know they made those, I'm gonna try that. And I looked at the box, I'm like, that does not look plant-based. <laughs> and I looked at the ingredients, it was not plant-based. And I said to the woman who was working in that section, um, do you have any of the plant-based? These clearly aren't. And she said, no, 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 we ran out of those. Oh, They don't like the counter to be empty. So we just moved things over, even though the sign plant-based was still up there. And I said, oh, well, you know, maybe you should, you shouldn't do that because somebody's going to buy it thinking that it's plant-based. And she kind of reiterated, well, we don't like it to be empty. And I said, I know. And she kind of said, yeah, I agree with you. And um, I said, mm-hmm. you know, the better thing to do, just take the sign down. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people just, just don't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. I think the Tim Hortons thing is really uh, scary. I don't know what the word to use for that is because before, like you said, there was a reliable way for you to get a plant-based sandwich there. And now that same thing, it seems like is not, I know before they were using beyond, um, in their patties, but I wonder now if they got rid of the beyond because they wanted to introduce their own, but then they, you know, made- it's impossible now. I think you're right. I think it was beyond then. Oh. And I think it's impossible now. Oh, okay. Okay. I think, um, Starbucks, uh, Starbucks just came out with like a plant-based a breakfast sandwich which was fully vegan I got an email from beyond because of course I'm on the mailing list but I didn't actually go in for it so go there instead I guess hmm. I know cops too has some uh, like a flatbread that has some beyond and and uh, fake cheese on it it's good to see all these options it's just they have to be clear about it yeah for sure I really did. So when they had the Tim Hortons Beyond, um, that was really good when it was cooked properly. But the problem was, and I think maybe this is why it went away, half the time they didn't cook it enough. Sometimes it was even cold in the middle. And so of course people weren't gonna like it. I think that they didn't give uh, the the chefs, the Tim Hortons chefs, um, good instructions. So that was a favorite. I haven't tried the new impossible one uh, requesting it without the, the cheese and the egg but the, my favorites are the ones I make at home with just egg oh okay and listen to the camping episode for more on that <laughs> I had since the camping episode when I, I used to make it with the just egg patties now there's the just egg, egg liquid which gives you all sorts of flexibility oh. and make scrambled eggs mm. big fan of that Oh, okay. It's so funny the thing that you mentioned about the patties not being cooked properly because this seems to be an international, worldwide problem. Because I went to uh, Australia a, a decade ago and um, they have a place there called Lord of the Fries. 
and they're a fried place, but they also do burgers and they only do the place is vegetarian. So it's not vegan, but it's vegetarian and their patties. Um, uh, my friend told me that you have to, you have to get the right person to cook them because sometimes they don't cook them enough and they're not frozen or anything like that. It's just, there's a way that you like having it cooked. I mean, I guess it's like meat, right? Like you say, well done and rare and those other things. Um, so I guess it's kind of like that, except and frozen, I don't think is a part of that verbiage. So that's just weird that they're doing that. <laughs> Maybe they need to use that meat thermometer that people use. Yeah, if you're, use, if you're starting from something frozen, it's a little more complex because you have to heat it thoroughly right through. I think that's a really good point, Twitter. I think we should get to the point where we can ask for things rare, medium, or well done. Because I know even with the uh, fake bacon, I like mine really crispy like cardboard. And my boyfriend likes it still soft. So <laughs> we have to do them separately. So uh, yeah, there's a whole range of preferences out there. Okay. okay. Let's have that be our next episode. What do you like? And then we'll go through each and every burger. Do you like your impossible, rare, or well done, or whatever the other options are? So that's going to be our next one. Hopefully not. You've been listening to Veg Out, brought to you by the Toronto Vegetarian Association. You can listen to past episodes on Spotify and Google Podcasts, as well as veg.ca slash veg out. Thanks to Matt Judge for our theme song. Until next time, Veg Out. All right, Sweda, do it.